Hello. Welcome to the Fiber Coven podcast. I am Lauren. And I am Emily. And this is the show where we talk about knitting and witchy things. Yay. Heavy on the yarn, light on the woo-woo. Yes. Here at the Fiber Coven. Yeah, we talk about both things because we hate having a large audience. We have to have two small niche things that only a couple (laughs) people listen to podcasts about (laughs) and combine them. I mean, it's kind of our interests. I like it. So we didn't really have any news this week, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. So that means I can talk about the things I finished this week. I have two. Oh, what are they? First one is the knitted thing I finished. Well, the ends aren't woven in yet, but I finished my cat sandwich fiber socks. Yeah. They are just vanilla socks. And um, I did the flegal heel and I followed the tutorial from Happy Knits, which was a very good tutorial. It was for two at a time flegal, but you can do it one at a time, which I did. But this, I knit it in cat sandwich fibers in the Aurora Borealis colorway. I don't remember the name of the base, but it's the superwash merino nylon base that all of us dyers use. And I did two inch two by two rib cuff. And it was very, very fun. This is about all I've had the uh, energy to knit lately. So these got done pretty quick. And they're very cute micro stripes with black and blue and neon pink speckles. They're very fun. They're very fun. Um, this is my first time doing the flegal heel. So I wasn't quite sure about how like that all works with foot length and everything. These are for my friend who has slightly bigger feet than me, but I honestly kind of worry that these are too big. We'll see. I'm, I'll give them to her and find out. Yeah. <laughs> I put them on over my socks and they kind of fit. They fit just perfectly over with my feet over my socks. She's one size up from me. Oh, that sounds I, like they might be okay then. Yeah, it was just a little bit of extra room in the toe. So they fit like over my socks with a teeny bit of extra room. Um, So I'm hoping that works for her. And if not, uh, if you watch this, Erica, you have permission to re-gift these to someone with bigger feet and claim you knit them. I don't care. But yeah, I knit these during my, um, while I listen to audiobooks at night with my sweetie or when I take a minute and watch some Star Wars cartoons. (laughs) Um, these make me happy and I'm excited to cast on my next pair of socks because that's how you do when you're addicted to sock knitting is you've always got to have a pair on the needles. Um, but yeah, one pair of socks down. They're very beautiful. I like them. And then I finished a spinning thing this week too. Ooh, This is roughly eight ounces. It is, um, two ply and I had this multicolored Shetland that I got from my LYS, which is Knits and Knots Tahoe. And then I just dyed up some black in my sock, um, sock blend. It's a bamboo superwash merino nylon blend for socks. And honestly, it turned out a little gray, but I don't mind. But I like so it. It's just barber pulled and it's one barber pole is neon and one barber, barber pole is gray black. And so it just looks kind of grungy and neon. I like it a lot. I'm going to ask the annoying question that people ask spinners that you might not know the answer to. Do you know what you're going to make with it? I was thinking a ripple crop top when I made it because I, oh my God, I thought you were going to ask me like my yardage or like oh. wrist or like, <laughs> no, or my WPI. And I'm like, come on. I just, I just no, no, throw no, things no, on the no, wheel no, and see no, what no. I'm doing. I don't know any of that. 
<laughs> I don't know any of that information. I didn't count my wraps. I didn't do anything. It's fingering weight. I think it's fingering weight. I also don't do any of those things. So I will not ask you those <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, it was destined. I, th- I thought it was destined for a ripple crop top because I don't think it'll really stripe because there aren't too many long sections of color. Like maybe there'd be some short stripes, but it'll most be like fun little pops of color. Cause there are some sections of the color that are real short, like only a few inches and some that are like a few yards and stuff. It varies heavily. So I think that should be a real fun ripple crop top. It'll be fun yet still a little goth, which is what I aspire to be. I like it. Well, they're the things I finished. You're so, was that on the wheel even last week or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I've been working on it forever. Cool. I just don't show them until I'm things until I'm finished. Yeah. Because it's uh, bobbins and whatnot. Yeah. It's not that exciting. Oh, mm-hmm. I also spun a lot. I applied all of this while I was finishing up listening to that Star Wars book we both listened to. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So bad. Yeah. Delightfully terrible. Wish it were a graphic novel. I'm sure we'll talk about it in office hours if you're interested. <laughs> if you're interested in our opinions on Star Wars, that's where that all is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I finished. Um, now we can talk about what we're working on. Yeah. What you working on, Emily? Oh, so many things. So many so things. So many things. Good. Um, so I don't have many things I'm working on right now. Yeah, I haven't finished anything because I've just been like working on pretty big things. But I have my waxing moon shawl. Oh my gosh, how many now? I'm on the fifteenth one. I just have a tiny little bit of this blue, so it's getting quite unwieldy. Unwieldy, like a wheel. Yeah, ha ha. Lol. So yeah, that's what's going on with that guy. And then the other thing I've been working on a bunch you're going to be like, wow, I remember that thing, is this Art Deco cowl. I almost wore that today. Nice. I have one of yours that I need to send back to you someday. Uh, Mm. And this is the actually the inside, but look at how beautiful my floats are. Lovely. It's a really fun project. So I am wanting to get this out of my life because, <laughs> because I made the chart for this forever ago. Lauren's like knit two of them in the time that it's taking me to knit this one. Uh, I really, I really like the color work tube cowl. Yeah, I do too. It's just like, it's really time sucking for me. You've knit four? I've knit two of those and two. Oh, okay. Out. I was like, ah, <laughs> but no. yes, yes, yes. I remember you've knit that other one. Is it the mm-hmm. Alexandria cowl, the other one you've mm-hmm. done? That one is also really pretty. But yeah, this is a chart that I made that is a really, I well, I think it's really nice, uh, Art Deco wallpaper inspired pattern. And I would love to finish it so that I could release this pattern. The reason I'm working on this is because I made a, another color work cowl chart that I'll talk about in office hours. And I decided that I shouldn't cast that on until I finish this because they're probably the same project. Like (laughs) this, I know I, I knit two of them, but I nearly almost memorized your chart at the end. Yeah. I almost have it memorized at this point too, because I'm mine is wider. So I've probably knit the chart almost as many times as you have. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so this is going to be, it's a tube um, that you knit on and then you graft the cast on edge and the bind off edge together so that it is double thick. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting close ish. This is how 
much length I have folding it. So someday. Um, so I've been really cruising on this because I didn't put a project. Uh, I didn't put a progress keeper or anything in, which would have made me a good podcaster because yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to finish it someday. It's a really fun knit. Like I think it'll be really nice when you get to publish it. I hope people buy a lot of it. Yeah, it will. The nice thing is that it will come out right away because you've knit two and I've knit one. So I don't need additional test knitters. And Mm -hmm. there isn't really any like math that needs to be checked because it's just like knit this chart. Um, Mm -hmm. So it'll come out when I take finish it and then take photos of it. Uh, And it's fingering weight. Mine's in Brooklyn Tweed and uh, Brooklyn Tweed Loft. Lauren did hers in some sock yarn of something or another and you have a hand spun version yeah I'm addicted to spinning gradients so I like projects like that where I can use a gradient mm-hmm. gradients are fun yeah that's mostly what I did I worked on my sock um I have mm-hmm. some swatches that I'm not really gonna show here um because mm-hmm. they're kind of more businessy and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna show the sock because it's boring it's just mm-hmm. a sock and I haven't finished it yet but I did work a little bit on my crochet blanket Ooh, fun just like this oh it's huge this topmost part because it's huge uh but i do have this giant <gasps> magic cake. cake makes me so happy it's so big <laughs> uh and you can read if you're a member of our patreon i have a blog post up this week that is about winding this massive magic cake and uh the different join techniques and picking how i picked colors for it to go with the colors of my existing project and all that good stuff I love it. So I made this cake. That's kind of a finish. It's 392 grams. <laughs> oh my God, Becky, look at her cake. It is so big. It is so big. Yeah. So, so I have this, this here giant blanket. Uh, the only weird thing about this, I was previously just working with small minis. And the only weird thing about working with this cake is it's like always attached to the blanket. And I used to just mm-hmm. like work a mini and then not have it attached. But now I have this like weird juggling act of blanket and massive cake. Um, but that's fine. The blanket's massive. It was already unwieldy. I think that's all my stuff. I pulled out an old project that I was working on. Did you? Why did I ever put this away? And it's my snips towel. It's It's so cute. Snips colorway that I had before. And it's from Telly Beans's new book. Um, And this is just a a slip stitch pattern. And this part's going to go in front. And then there's going to be parts on the side. I'm almost ready to do the side parts. And I, I did a few inches, as you can see here, from my progress keeper. I kind of messed up a skein when I was doing the self-striping. I got some colors on the on the white parts and I didn't want to sell that. So I kept it for me and I'm going to make this fun cowl. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having fun with that. And awesome. that's really all I've been working on. I mainly just finished those socks this week. Cool beans. Yay. I guess that's all of our knitting stuff. Mm-hmm. I did acquire some things this week. Did you acquire anything this week? Yes. We're pretty good at buying stuff. I bought a lot of stuff online this week too. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll have some good. Um, yeah, I have a lot of stuff coming in the mail, but the mail is delayed because of all the snow. So mm-hmm. some of the things aren't here yet. Mm-hmm. So I got, this is less of a thing I got and more of a thing I stole from my partner. It was a chunk of quartz. Oh, it's big. We were, yeah, we were working in the backyard on our, we're making a deck and um, 
this was just sitting out there. My sweetie likes to walk around in nature and pick up rocks. Mm-hmm. This is one of his rocks. It's a nice big chunk of quartz and I washed it off and I think it'll be good for photo props and just, you know, being a pretty rock. For sure. Big chunk of white quartz. It's roughly triangular, about the size of a petite woman's hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a rock. It's kind of a uh, rice ball sized. It's bigger it's like than a- it. It's like a quartz Sony Gary. Yeah, it's a little bigger than, at least it's bigger than the ones my mom used to make. Um, <laughs> it doesn't look like that. <laughs> oh, man. And then I also got, we were out for our anniversary. On our anniversary, we worked on our deck and went to the hardware store. It was very romantic. Very romantic. Um, Your deck is very nice. It's coming along so good. It's like nearly, nearly finished. We we put some, one of the things we put on there, this was our, actually, so we do the traditional anniversary gifts. This will all tie in, I promise. Um, and year seven, which is the one we just celebrated is either wool or iron. And uh, as much as I would have loved something made out of wool, that was really kind of a self-serving present. And since we, uh, well, I guess since I'm kind of like a, trying to do a little more minimalism we've been shying away from getting each other presents and more like finding one thing that fits the theme like so for the wood year we got ourselves a wooden rocking bench like we get something that's for the both of us and this year was iron so we got iron potholder rings that hold like a terracotta pot and we put them on the posts Ah, of our new deck and to go in those pots i got seeds seeds they look like herbs Yep. Just herbs. I'm really bad at growing stuff. I'm thinking of starting small with herbs. I got basil, Mm -hmm. catnip, cilantro, and thyme. I'm going to probably try and get a little rosemary plant that's already started. I Uh, have had, yeah, I have had the best luck with started rosemary. And then once it's started, it's just like a bush of massive. I have harvested from my rosemary plant like so many times and it's, Mm -hmm. it stays out in the winter and stuff. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hopeful, like I'll start small. I'm notoriously good at killing things. So just start with the stakes being low with some little herbs. And I got some little, uh, decomposing earth, you know, the little Mm -hmm. decomposable starter pots for them. Nice. Yeah. What did you get this week? I got a board game. A board game. You had told me. I'm curious. It was on the floor because it's big. I got wingspan. Huh? Yes. So this is a board game that I heard about from first, I think Candace from Transitory Knits uh, posted about Mm -hmm. it in her stories that she really liked it. And Mm -hmm. then Hunter Hammerson last week was like, this game is awesome. And I'm knitting little tiny nests to hold the little egg pieces and stuff. Uh, And Hunter Hammerson also specifically said that it's a really good two player game, which super sold me because most of the games that we play are, are two player anyway. Uh, but also quarantine life, all the games we play are two-player right now. Uh, so new two-player games are super fun for us at the moment. So I picked it up as a Valentine's Day present to ourselves. Uh, so we played this on Valentine's Day and we've been playing it since. And another reason why I was really into getting this right away was it is designed by a woman game designer, which is rare-ish. And all of the art is by women and their names are all printed on the box and it's very beautiful art and it's a really fun game so i highly recommend it it's by stonemeyer games you can find Mm -hmm. it at all of your nerdy local indie game stores or on stonemeyer's website but yeah so it has really nice art 
There's a bunch of different uh, cards with birds on them. The kind of like theme of the game is that you have like a nature preserve and you're trying to attract uh, the most rare birds to your nature preserve. So you like, yeah, and it's an engine building game. So you like the more birds you get, the more like bonus stuff they get you and they like eat different foods or they get you more birds or they lay more eggs and all the pieces are really cute. There's really cute little, um, you can kind of see them there on the back little tiny egg pieces that are adorable that you put on top of your birds and it's very fun yay that's so cool yeah so we have been having a lot of fun playing it there are two expansions as well and i don't know if i'm ever going to get the expansions because there's so many bird cards in this game already that i'm like do i need more bird cards i don't know we'll see that's so cool so yeah wingspan that's what i got yay Although I did get one thing at the grocery store today that might lead us into our occult corner topic. Oh, yeah. A candle. It's so appropriate to our occult corner topic. Yeah. So I was just I was running low on candles of colors. And uh, these were the this was one of the only ones that my grocery store had that didn't have like a Virgin Mary or a Catholic saint on it. And nothing against that. That's just not what I use candles for. So I got a red uh, pillar candle. Nice. So we're going to start for a cold corner talking about colors and color symbolism. Yes. Start off with red. Red. Yes. So in witchcraft, there are some kind of common uh, meanings associated with different colors, often for candle magic and like not magic and that kind of thing. Uh, So we're going to talk about that, but we're also going to talk about different cultural meanings for red in general and just maybe some fun facts about the color red uh, Mm -hmm. so that you can use red in your practice and just know more Mm -hmm. about colors. I don't know if we're going to do all of the colors like in order as a series because that might be like a lot of color information for several weeks. Maybe we could go every other week. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so this week is red. This week is red. I wore my little red hairpin. Oh, and your lipstick is themed too. Wow, you're really defeating me in adorable theming. (laughs) (laughs) Just putting on my lipstick and it made it real easy to choose. It's very cute. Don't expect this trend to continue. I don't own blue lipstick or anything fun. Good excuse to get blue lipstick. That's a good point. Maybe I need fun colored lipsticks that are unnatural. Not that I really like my electric purple lipstick. It's one of my faves. I will consider it. Yeah. I know like in sort of like modern semi-witchcraft and like modern Western culture, red symbolizes like lust and strength and vitality and stuff. Like it definitely symbolizes all the horny stuff and it definitely symbolizes like vitality and strength and courage yeah it's also um kind of separated in sometimes it's just love in general but usually if pink exists in the system of colors red is more like physical love and like attraction and like quick kind of a thing and pink Mm -hmm. is like romance Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm sure that has something to do like astro um astronomy wise with mars being the red planet and Mars being the same as Aries, Greek and Roman, which is the god of war. I'm sure that's in the Western culture where that color association came from. Mm-hmm. I must say, I um, while researching just stuff on red, <laughs> all I could think of was lemons. <laughs> I didn't even think 
think of that. I've really erased my uh, musical my theater background. The blood <laughs> of angry men. Yup. <laughs> uh, random fun fact to throw in now because it relates. 77% of all flags in the world use the color red. Hmm. Interesting. That's cool. So being me, I looked up some sort of Egyptian stuff about color symbolism because they have so much good color symbolism and I love mythology. So I thought it was interesting in Egyptian art and culture, ancient Egyptian art and culture, red was the opposite to black. So black represented the fertile soil around the Nile and red represented the desert. Um, And also the their kind of like bad god their villain god seth was often depicted as red mm-hmm. and it makes sense because like the black fertile soil was what made their civilization possible and the desert was the enemy because it was so inhospitable mm-hmm. but um on in a lot of their paintings i was reading on the internet so take it with a grain of salt i have no sources to cite for this uh men were often men's skin tones in ancient Egyptian art were often a mix of red and brown. So it was a reddish brown color, whereas women's skin tones were often mixes of yellows and whites, just because in like men who were outside more became more tan as the women, but the women were indoors more and stayed more um, less tan, I would say. Interesting. Yeah. That's what I had for red. Tell me things. So people began dyeing cloth in somewhere in between the sixth and fourth millennia BC. And most of course we're getting into textile history. I love it. (laughs) And uh, pretty much all of the samples of fiber that we find from this time are red. Uh, So red has always been a really popular color. It's one of the easier colors to dye from nature as well compared to like blue which is like impossible (laughs) but yes uh and uh interesting etymology thing in uh for ancient romans the word coloratus and ruber were synonymous so the word color and red were synonyms so just like red could you could say red and mean any color Interesting. Well, mm-hmm. red does have a history of encompassing more than what we currently think of as red. I know in like the Middle Ages and such, what we think of as red would have incorporated orange as well. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah. And some other random uh, kind of art history stuff. Red is a symbol of Christian martyrs in some like old masters paintings, uh, like the crucified martyr. Uh, by Hieronymus Bosch is a really famous triptych and uh, the saint who is being crucified Saint Julia has red on and there's lots of examples of red being used for martyrs Um, it relates to blood of course and there's a lot of other references to red as for martyrs and blood in 1587 Mary Queen of Scots wore red to her execution and she actually wore it under a cloak and then removed the cloak and was in red to be executed so that was like a sign that she was an innocent martyr I love but it. actually flashy kind of worked against her because protestants think of red as being a lustful color so when she did that the protestants were like she's the lusty bitch <laughs> as in the scarlet letter as another, in the scarlet letter another instance of uh Puritans and Protestants uh, not liking the color red. Yes. So, yeah, and uh, that's another 
Modern Witchcraft Association of Red is Passion, mm-hmm. kind of going with that lusty thing. In China, red symbolizes fire and the South. It also symbolizes fire in like modern Western witchcraft stuff. And red is very much like the good luck and success color in a lot mm-hmm. of East Asian cultures. But in China, Hongbao are the red money envelopes that are mm-hmm. given as gifts at uh, New Year's celebrations and weddings. It just happened. It did just happen. Happy Year of the Ox, everyone. Woohoo. And aren't wedding dresses typically red in China as well? Yes. And also in India, red is a traditional color for wedding dresses. In uh, From what I could tell in China, it's because of the good luck uh, thing. And in India, it's more a relationship to fertility, uh, mm. that uh, red is the color of fertility because blood again. Uh, and that is true in a lot of cultures. Um, it's probably why the Western lustful association mm-hmm. with red is from a similar origin. Yeah, hot blooded. Mm, blood. Yes. And in Japan, in the Shinto religion, uh, the gateways of temples are traditionally painted in red and black. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the gateway is called a tori, and it uh, symbolizes the passage from a profane world to a sacred place. Neato. Mm-hmm. I like it. This yeah. is so much cool stuff about the color red and what it can symbolize just in culture and if you're doing any sort of witchy stuff. Yeah. And in uh, modern symbols, we use red a lot in a lot of places that you probably don't think about it. It's commonly associated with like joy and well-being and celebration and welcoming. So you can think about like a red carpet at like Mm. the Oscars or like at political dignitary. It's often a red carpet and it's something you don't think about, but it's because of all these things. Uh, and red is also the traditional color of seats in opera houses and theaters hmm. for this reason. Nice. And then bonus like mythology thing, Santa Claus wears red in like every culture he exists in. Neato. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Thank you for teaching me all these things. Yay, red. And uh, if you are interested in learning more about colors or any of the stuff we're going to talk about in our color series, uh, I highly recommend this book. I actually have bought and sent this book to Lauren. Yeah, <laughs> I almost I almost brought it out for a prop. Then I went, Emily will do it. <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> and it's The Secret Lives of Color by Cassia St. Clair. And there is information on just general color, but also the history of specific pigments and stuff. So it's if you're interested in art history or just like history in general, it's a really interesting book. Also, there's a fair amount of textile history in there, too. Yes. And uh, she her second book is actually called I'm going to mess this up because there's two books that I want to read. I think it's yes, I have decided which one it is. Uh, (laughs) The Golden Thread, which is how textiles have changed the fabric of society throughout history. So I very much want to get that one. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. What a lovely discourse on the color red. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with my my red candle that I just bought. Like what sort of things I'm going to think about when I uh, light this one off. I don't know. You could, I mean, the nice thing and one of the reasons why we're doing this series is because you can kind of, our our general theme of all witchcraft is you can make it whatever you want. You could do good Mm -hmm. luck spells. You could. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yes. You could do some like 
success, abundance stuff. You could do mm-hmm. just like happiness, strength and, and courage. General, strength and courage. You could get horny with it if you want. These are all options. <laughs> all excellent options. Great. We do have a teeny bit of shameless self promotion this week. You have a new pattern out, right? I do. Yes. It is through Nitpicks and it is called the Snowed In Cowl. It is an Aaron Wake cowl that has two sizes included um, one that is like a shorter, once around type, and one that is a longer, you could double it up type. The one that is shown in the pictures is the longer one. Mm-hmm. And it is a fully cabled cowl in Aaron weight. It's in their Knit Picks uh, heavyweight city tweed, my favorite Knit Picks yarn, probably. <laughs> yeah, city uh, tweed is good stuff. It's one of my favorites from them, too. Yeah, it's super soft and just warm and cozy and great. Um, so yeah, check that out. Uh, I think it's fun and I enjoy cables there. And what's the name of the book it's in? Oh, the name of the book it's in is Traverse Cabled Accessories. And my pattern is actually on the cover of the book. So that is fun for me. Is it only available in the book or is it available individually? It is available individually. You can't get the printed version from Nitpicks shipped to you individually, but you can get the PDF from Nitpicks separately, or you can order the PDF of the whole book or a physical copy of the whole book. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. And then we also have, this is the last, or is it the last week for our full moon club? We will be closing the full moon club at, on March 1st after the next full moon. Yeah, so we have the this there'll be two more weeks, uh, a little two bit more, more time. Yeah, I don't know uh, what time is. It's okay, uh, but yes, so you can get quarter two of the Power of the Full Moon Club in my Etsy shop, and that's Kitty with a Cupcake on Etsy, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a pre-order for April. What are months? May, May and June. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, the moons are. Pink moon, flower moon, and strawberry moon. And it's going to be some good yarn. I'm yeah, I'm super excited. I have been uh, checking out the Pinterest board that we have going because I did my first drawing for the postcards already. I like it. I'm pleased. Yeah. So, what you get for each month in the Power of the Full Moon is you get a little packet, and inside the packet is some artwork on a postcard with Emily and a little ritual, a tea light poured by Emily, a mini skein from me, a link to a pattern for a small pouch made by Emily and maybe some other little bits and bobs. Yes. And the little bits and bobs could be notions. They could be just something fun for you. They might be things to use in the ritual, but it's it's a fun time. Yeah. It's a really fun time. Emily puts a great kit together and that's available in her Etsy shop, which is Kitty with a cupcake. Indeed. Where, Where else might people find you on these internets, Emily? Uh, you can find me on Instagram as Kitty with a Cupcake as well. Nice. And then if you were looking to buy any of my yarn, that's Valkyrie Fibers Tahoe on Etsy. And on Instagram, I am at Valkyrie underscore fibers. Together as the Fiber Coven, we are the Fiber Coven everywhere on Patreon and Instagram. And where else? We have a website where you can get show notes if you would like to click on links for any of the things that we have talked about at FiberCoven.com. Yay. Those are also up in our Patreon as well. Yes. True facts. True facts. Well, mm-hmm. excellent. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for another week. And until next week, Kevin, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye.
The Fiber Coven podcast show is written and produced by Lauren and Emily. The show is edited by Emily and the show music is by Chad O'Brien.